Well, good morning, church. Woo, who's happy to be here? We had to put chairs out. Amen? Amen. Man, we got an awesome God. There's a lot of people here that don't believe some of you guys are getting baptized. They just had to come show up and see. I want to share something before we get started. We've got a long ways to go with a short time to get there, so y'all just bear with me. Batting down the hatches, we fit and hit the ground running pretty hard. But this morning when I got up, first thing that was on my heart was the word first. It was like, first? God, what does that mean, first? Because so many times we come, this is Easter Sunday. This should be the most exciting time in our, us as Christians that we come to church, but yet we come to church. A lot of times we came to church because Belk had a good sale yesterday on Easter clothes. We all dressed up pretty. That's why I wore this shirt. It's not about what we wear. We got to put Jesus first. It's not about coming to church to please mama. It's not coming to church because it's Easter. It's coming because Jesus Christ died for us. Amen? Amen. Man, this is what we celebrate. We're celebrating the resurrection of our Savior, Jesus Christ, that paid the penalty for our sins. Man, that's something to be excited about. Amen? Amen. Those of you who not, not, haven't been with us much, you got to talk to me. We'll be here all night. But I'm telling you, I'm excited for what Jesus has done for me. I'm sitting here today because a resurrected Savior because Jesus Christ chose to come out of heaven. He chose to come out of heaven because he loved me and you. He chose to come out of heaven, be born of a virgin, to live life on this earth. He chose to be rejected by men. He chose to be spit upon. He chose to be lied to and lied about. He chose to be rejected by the very people he came to save. He chose that. He chose to come and die on the cross for you, for each and every one of you, whether you came to church to celebrate him or not. He came for you. He died for you. And that's something we should be excited about. That's something we should put first every single day. So the question is, did you put Jesus first this morning or did you just show up to church? We're putting Jesus first every single day because it's not about a service. It's not about coming to a place. It's about serving a risen Savior every single day. Amen? Amen? So before we get started, let's put him first. Father, I thank you so much for these people. I thank you, God, for just your electrifying spirit that's in here today, God. Father, I just pray that you would just pour out your power upon us, pour out your, your anointing upon us, God, and we would, we would just feel your presence in just a, just a huge way, God. I just pray that you would... Just uh, break the chains that so many of us have come in here today with. Break the chains of religion, God. Break the chains of bondage. Break the chains of bitterness. Father, I just pray, God, that you would just break the chains that hold people back from following you today. That, God, I pray that, Lord, when, when this service is over, that many people come to know you as their Lord and Savior. God, I just pray that you would just speak through me. Use me as a vessel, God. Don't allow any person in this building leave here without being changed. In your name we pray. Amen. So we're going to be in Acts chapter 16. Um, if you don't have a Bible uh, and you want one, there will be one at the next steps table at the back. We got 100, so they'll run, if they run out, they run out. But there's, if you don't have a Bible, please get one. We want everybody to have a copy of God's Word. But it also will be shown up here. We're going to get started by, in Acts chapter 16, we're going to talk about three different people tonight, today. Got to get used to being in the morning. We got three different people, three different conversions. Just like that, that video said, when we meet Jesus, everything changes. Amen? And if everything hadn't changed, then chances are we didn't meet Jesus. Everything changed when I met Jesus. And we're going to meet three people. 
this morning. You're going to meet three people in this text in Acts that when they met Jesus, everything changed. They all had different circumstances. They all had different social statuses. They all went from different backgrounds. It doesn't matter where you're from, where you've been, or what's going on. Jesus died for you, and he loves you, and he wants you to be in a relationship with him. And this shows that this morning. The first person we want to talk about is a lady by the name of Lydia. Acts 16, verse 11 says this. Well, I'm sorry, we're going to go to 13. And on the Sabbath day, we went out side, the gate to the riverside, where we supposed there was a place of prayer. And we sat down and spoke to a woman who had come together, spoke to some women that had come together. One who heard us was a woman named Lydia from the cellar of Thyra, a seller of purple goods, who was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was said by Paul. And after she was baptized and her whole household as well, she urged us, saying, If you have judged me faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. And she prevailed upon us. So here you have a lady named Lydia. She was very well off. She was, she was, she was a businesswoman. She was very successful because she was a dealer in purple, uh, purple thread or purple, what was it, purple goods. So she was, she was a dealer in those things. Purple meant royalty. So she had, she had a lot of influence. She wasn't a Jew. She didn't, know, she didn't know anything she was trying to learn about God. She was religious because she was showed up to a place of prayer. They didn't have a synagogue in Philippi at the time. So she was a religious woman showing up to a women's Bible study. So she would just go into like, it was a, the Beth Moore Bible study or the, or the uh, Phil, uh, what's her name? Priscilla Shire. They, they were just there hanging out at a, at a women's Bible study, and here come these men. And says, I see that you're very religious, but let me tell you about Jesus. You know what I'm saying? We talked last week about what religion will do. You know what religion will do for you? Nothing. You know what Jesus will do for you? Save your life. He'll do everything for you. Here this religious woman was. She was just hanging out. That She was, she was trying. She was pursuing God. She was trying to know God, but she, she was just missing something. It's not about religion, guys. It's not about coming to a service. It's, it's not about just being, because you came to Easter service don't mean you're saved and going to heaven. What, what, what matters is what you do with Jesus. If you follow Jesus, if Jesus is your all in all, if your life is all about him, then you will be saved. Religion don't save you, and religion did not save Lydia. She was a very religious woman, but when she heard about Jesus and what Jesus done for her, everything changed. Immediately, she wanted to serve God. And immediately, the next thing is she was baptized and her whole household. Men, men and women, when we get right with God, it doesn't just affect us. It affects our family. It affects our kids. It affects our brothers, our sisters. It affects everybody. That's why it's so important that we live on mission for Christ. Oh, y'all quiet this morning. I know I ain't took a breath either, but I'm trying. That's why it's so important. And this lady was just a religious woman that was not pursuing Christ. Religion don't save you. Jesus Christ does. The next person we're going to talk about is the Philippian jailer. See, what happened was Paul and Silas, they were, I'm, we're going, I'm going to give you a little paraphrase and I'm going to read some scripture, but Paul and Silas, they went and uh, they were going through the town the next Sunday and they were going through and as they were going through, this woman that was, 
demon-possessed was shouting out to them. These are the servants of the Most High God. These are the servants of the Most High God. And they did that repetitively. She kept doing that over and over. And finally, Paul got tired of it. And he denounced, he revoked that evil spirit, and it came out of her. Well, her, she was a slave girl. Her owners were upset that they did that because they were getting money off of her. So they got mad. They made a big old ruckus. They took him into town, and they got Paul and Silas arrested. Paul and Silas were sitting in a jail, okay? And this is where the Philippian jailer comes in. He comes in. This is a man that has been, he's, he's, been in, he's been in the fierce battle. He's been in battle. He's seen bad stuff. You know, when you see bad stuff or bad things that happen to you, a lot of times you're bitter. A lot of times you're mad. And a lot of times you, put, you take that out on everybody else around you. You ever been around somebody like that? That's what this man was. He was mad. And as he was in there, he, was, he, he took them. He could have just put them in jail, but instead he chose to put them in the worst place, in the interior part of the jail. That's where all the sewage from everywhere else drained down to. So they're down in this place. Then he puts them in stocks where their arms are stretched out, their legs are stretched out. So not only have they become, they've been beaten, but now they're, in, they're being tortured and they're in sewage. This is where the people of God are. This is where Paul and Silas is, okay? Setting the tone for you. Now listen to what they do. In verse 25, at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. That's what I'm talking about. Whew. And suddenly, there was a great earthquake, and the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's, bond, everyone's bonds were unfastened. When the jailer awoke and saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried out in a loud voice, Don't harm yourself. We are all here. And the jailer called for the lights and rushed in. And trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out. Sir, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were listening that night. I'm sorry. They spoke the word to him and all who were in his house. And he took them that same hour of night and washed their wounds. And he baptized them at once, him and his family. So here you have a man that is full of bitterness, that is full of hatred, that is full of just, he's just mad at the world because of his circumstances, because of things happening. There might have been a death in his family. There might have been something bad happened in his life. It don't matter what your circumstances are. Maybe you are the Philippian jailer today. Maybe you are the person that is mad at the world. Maybe you're mad at God for what God's, what's happened in your life. He was at his lowest place, but Paul and Silas was a witness to him. He was at the lowest of lows, and as that was going on, as he was that distraught, that low, he was when he realized that, hey, my significance of being, I was mean, I was nasty to these people, but my significance of being in this high position of a jailer, that was fit to be taken. He resorted. He had no hope. He resorted and he was going to kill himself. And right there when he was at the end of his rope, Paul said, oh, wait a minute. We all here. I'm going to tell you this morning. I don't care where you are. I don't care what's been happening in your life. I don't know where you are this morning. I don't know if, if somebody, if you're mad at the world, if somebody has died, if somebody has wronged you, if somebody has hurt you, if you're toting around this bitterness, and I don't know why God's just laying this on my heart, but if you're toting around this bitterness, God said he can deliver that right now. 
He can deliver you from that bitterness, from that hatred right now today. But you got to want that. He could have been the same nasty person. He could have said, well, good, I'm glad you're in there, and locked them back in there. But no, he's seen the graciousness. He's seen the grace of God. And he said, what must I do to be saved? And we've got to realize it's not what we do to be saved. It's what he's done for us. Amen? Christ died for us, not for us to play games, not for us to make a mockery of the cross and show up to church and act like good Christian boys and girls and live like hell throughout the whole week. He's called us to be people sold out to him, living our life for him every single day. And if we're not doing that, we're not going to impact the world. If Paul and Silas hadn't been living on mission, the Philippian jailer would have killed himself. There's people we come in contact with every day that need Jesus. And we need to be Paul and Silas to them. Maybe today I'm being Paul and Silas to you. Maybe you've been struggling some kind of hard and you need to give that to Christ tonight, today. You need to give it to him and quit holding on to it. All it does is rot you from the inside out. Being bitter, being mad, being hateful to other people, all that does is harm you. It don't harm the people that hurt you. It imprisons you. It's time to release that and let that go. It holds us captive. The next person is we're going to talk about is the slave girl. Here you have is a woman that was a slave. She was owned by somebody else, but a spirit, an evil spirit, was holding her captive. And that evil spirit was allowing her to, to tell people's fortune. And he was making her owners a lot of money. And it was holding her captive. And she was running behind. And he, she was going and, and pronouncing that these men are the men of God. These are the men of God. These are the men of God. And finally, Paul seen. And he couldn't handle, he couldn't handle her being in bondage anymore. He couldn't handle her being held down by this demonic spirit. He couldn't handle that anymore. So he rebuked it and set her free. There's some people in here tonight, this morning, that need to be set free from something that's controlling your life. Maybe it's a bad situation. Maybe it's a bad lifestyle. Maybe it's prescription drugs. Maybe it's alcohol. Maybe it's drugs. Whatever it is, it was, it was holding this woman down. She couldn't do anything else. She was caught up in a rut. She couldn't find help anywhere else. We're not supposed to be controlled by anything but Jesus Christ. We're not supposed to be controlled by anything but God. And this woman was controlled by this thing. Man, what's controlling your life? If it's not God, then you need to get rid of it today. So many of us say, well, I'll, do, I'll deal with my addiction tomorrow. I'll deal with this abusive relationship tomorrow. I'll deal with these suicidal thoughts tomorrow. But tomorrow it gets worse, and it gets worse, and you keep putting it off. It's time to deal with, deal with it today. God said, he brought you here for a reason. He brought you here for a purpose, not to hold on to the bitterness and the hatred and the stuff that's holding you and oppressing you down. It's time to let go and let God do the work, amen? And we can keep coming in and leaving and not letting God do what he, what he wants to do in your life. And you're going to live a miserable, meaningless life. Surrender, give your life to Christ, and you will live a life of purpose, a life you find joyful. We're fixing to show you a video of a man named Greg Wiley. Greg was living a life, but he found himself addicted by something, and it cost him everything. And if it wasn't for Jesus coming in his life and saving him, his life would be a wreck, and he probably would not be here with us today. 
So as you play this video, think about what's controlling your life. Think about what's going on in your life. If Jesus is not controlling you, something else is. thing on we're going up here because I'm going to show you I'm taking you to where um, I guess my little journey started my little road to recovery all began New Beginnings in Christ is a it's a drug and alcohol I guess you could say rehab or recovery program you work for the program I mean um, they'll have some people that might be doing landscaping, they'll have some people that might be building the church, they'll have some folks that might be working in the pecan plant. My job was, uh, I was the cook, and we ate very well. Hence my magnificent figure that I currently maintain. Hi, my name is Mike Ogden. I am pastor here at New Beginnings in Christ. I also um, assistant direct Donald Joanna Atkinson. Obviously, our goal at New Beginnings in Christ, first of all, is to make sure every gentleman that comes to Red Door knows Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. Um, I tell them all the time, been telling them for five years, if you come here simply just to get free of drugs and or alcohol and just get clean, um, then you may as well leave now. Give somebody else your bid. Uh, give somebody else a chance to have salvation. However, beyond that, um, we want to make sure they do get dried up, stop doing drugs, stop drinking alcohol. Uh, go live a productive life. Be a great member of society, a church, their family. Be the husband they should have always been, the brother, the son, the father, the community leader, the worker, whatever. So they can't do that drugging and drinking. My childhood is what kind of makes this story so strange, to be honest with you, because the way I grew up is so far from the way I sort of ended up up until this point. I started kind of battling a little bit of depression, started going to a doctor, and I think that a lot had to do with the fact that I was just not necessarily alone, but I just was a miserable wreck. I start getting in shape and I tear up my shoulder and tear up my knee within four months of one another. And here comes the onslaught of prescription narcotic pills. And knowing the way it made me feel, it just went, it spiraled out of control in a hurry. Um, at certain points, I was going through anywhere from $500 to $1,000 a day, buying them illegally off the street from people that I knew. I lost everything that I'd ever worked for. I lost my house, I lost my career, I lost everything. We're not naive to the fact that we're hurting mama or daddy or brother, sister, wife, cousins, aunts, uncles. We're not naive to that. And the only way we know how to cope with it is to keep doing it because it hurts us so much. It's either that or swallow a bullet. I mean, and, and it got that close for me. I mean, I'm sitting in my house one night with a gun in my mouth scared to put the clip in it, 
pulling it back just so I can feel the click without the bullets in it, just so I can know what the thing tasted like, just in case I got enough gumption to do it again while it was loaded. You know, it's one thing to have material possessions get ripped up from out of them. Well, when you, when you burn bridges with your family and friends and stuff like that, that's stuff that, that's a pain that you can't just fix with a pill. I don't know how long he had been here. He, he might can help me here with the, with the timing because there's so many of them. I can't remember all the numbers. But he had been here for a while um, doing his thing, you know, like everybody else. Um, maybe growing, maybe not. I don't know that we were sure. Um, but he was sitting about midways in our chapel. Uh, on, but one particular service, I think it was on a Thursday night, if I'm not mistaken. And he just... Something happened. We had a speaker, uh, Tony Thompson was here, and he was playing the guitar, and, I, and he hadn't even started singing yet, and all of a sudden, you know, it's like he hit a lick, and I just start sobbing. I mean, I, I'd, been, I'd gotten so far, I was, I think it, the, all that brokenness was starting to come out, and I just start crying like a baby. It was uncontrollable crying, and I walked down to the altar, and I just kind of started laying some stuff out, and praying, and, and I sobbed my way back to my seat, and stand here for about another five or six minutes, and. My roommate's looking at me like, you all right? I'm like, no. I said, look out. And I went back up. He said, where are you going? I said, I'm going back up there. I guess I ain't done yet. So I get back up there. And I guess that's kind of where it all happened. You know, I put my face down on the floor up there. and I remember it because it was like when I came up, when I, when I lifted my head up that second time, it felt like I had been swimming underwater and holding my breath for 35 years, and finally I was able to catch my breath for the first time in my life. I don't know what it was that I had held on to that had kept bringing me down. It was like, it was like he told me, if you'll just let go of all this stuff, I'm about to rock your world in a way that you have no idea about. I'm fixing to change everything. Uh, the Holy Spirit just kind of, you know, got his attention. Um, I mean, he came forward, he went back to his seat. I think he came back again, forward, and, but he just, he just bawled. And uh, I mean, he just, it was like a meltdown. Something just happened, you know, but uh, he got it. And from that point on, uh, what had been like a gradual thing really took off. Mike Ogden, who's the pastor here at New Beginnings, he, um, he had sort of, thrown a challenge out to uh, the guys when I first got here that he wanted everybody to write their epitaph or something on their tombstone. And I kind of wanted to make it look official for me, so I uh, had the brilliant idea of writing an obituary. I, I guess it was a way of, I want to say once and for all, burying that old guy. You know, I mean, I'm not naive to the fact that that old guy could show up at any given moment, but I'm also naive, not naive to the fact that, you know, God's promise is that I'm free of that as long as I want to be, as long as I follow him, that there's, you know, if I take hold of that, then there's no way that old guy can flare back up. Let's see here. 
Gregory Greg Grego Wiley passed away yesterday, March 30th, 2013, at the age of 36. I knew I wouldn't be able to get through it. Beloved son to Linda of Linda Wiley of Augusta and Larry Wiley and Diane Wiley, stepmother of Swanee, best friend and brother to Seth Thompson Wiley, stepbrother of Jared and Sean Hannafin. He was known for years to always brighten the mood of those who he was around and it was rare for him to never have a smile on his face and for the vast majority of his life. Never afraid to help his friends or family, he spent a lot of his time focused on doing whatever he could to be successful and lend a hand when and where he could. Unfortunately, his last few years were quite troublesome and problematic. His parting words were, I don't want to die, but I do think everyone would be better off if I wasn't around anymore. What a way to go, huh? Not with a hug and a kiss, but instead a giant slap to the face of all those who loved him. He will be missed. Unfortunately, he'll never know just how much. In lieu of flowers, the family asked that for all to do nothing. He had quit doing anything for himself for quite some time. And that's it. That was the old guy. I'm, I mean, I'm not ashamed of that guy. I really am not. I wouldn't take any of this, any of what I've done without, the only part that I would take back is the pain that I caused everybody else. I would go through every ounce of hurt that I physically had to go through. Everything that I lost, I would go through it again if it got me back to where I am right now. You know, I love going to Uganda, Africa every year and doing work over there. I've got a ministry in Jacksonville. Uh, I'd go start another ministry if I had to if it wasn't for seeing people like Greg Wiley come through the program and get it. Because you know what I know, everybody knows, drugs and or alcohol affects everybody. They're in the family, even probably in your church connection, that in some way, shape or form is not affected by drugs and or alcohol, almost directly, if not indirectly, but some family members, drugging or drinking, it's just reality. And if there was no Greg Wileys going out there and becoming productive citizens and productive church members, uh, I would seriously uh, say, Lord, it's time for me to do something else. So I wouldn't even be here if it wasn't for the Greg Wileys. Shout it out and release it from the heart. I guess I have found my purpose. I've, I've actually got more hope as far as my life is concerned. I'm a work in progress, and I'm and I'm all right with that. Whereas I used to work, work, sit there and wonder, is this the day that I'm going to wreck it all? You know, I'd give a little time under my belt. Am, am I going to screw it all up today? Is this the day that I take all this good and just throw it away for one bad decision? I don't worry about that anymore because my hope is in Christ, and my hope is in the fact that I know that if I do exactly what I did yesterday, today, if I do it just a little bit more that I absolutely 100% cannot fail. I cannot go back to that guy. I used to beat myself up for my circumstance. I used to beat myself up for where I was in life. But now I embrace the fact that the, the struggles, the pain, the heartache, all that made me who I am. And if going through that brought me to this point, this is gonna be one heck of a comeback story and I'm not gonna have to read about it, I'm getting to live it. And everybody loves a comeback story.
Greg's story is a great example of how we can be just aimlessly doing life, and next thing you know, something has control over me. What has control over your life? We live in. I'm not blind to the fact that where well, there's so many people in here today. There's somebody in here that's struggling with prescription medication. Then maybe you started taking it and it was all fine, and then it's just all of a sudden started, and now it's an addiction, and it's controlling your life. Maybe it's alcohol. Maybe it's the party scene. Maybe it's a, maybe it's friends. Maybe it's a lifestyle that you need to give to God, because nothing is more important than following Jesus. And anything that keeps us from following Jesus is basically going to send us to hell. There's no friendship worth going to hell over. There's no job worth encompassing your life about so that you are neglecting Jesus. We just talked about three different people, three different classes of people. You have, a, you have a, a very successful businesswoman that owns property, that has all kind of things, but yet she's empty inside because she has just been a religious person her whole life. She's just come to church. She's just went to Bible studies, but there's been no change in her life until she met Jesus. Maybe it's not about just coming because it's Easter. It's coming because you love the Savior that died for you. And when she met Jesus... Really, for the first time, she'd known about him her whole life. She'd known about what following God was. She'd known about those things she was taught. But when she learned about, really, Jesus, Jesus died for you guys. He died for your mess. He died for your lack of trust. Your complacency. He died for all of that. But not for you to stay in it, but for you to change and you to follow him. You to be just like Greg. He didn't wallow in his own self-pity. He went and finally got help. And when he got help, God changed him. We can't keep doing the same things and expect different results. Things aren't going to change until we reach out and say, Lord Jesus, save me from this. God, help me. Maybe you need God to help Break your religious attitude for you to really be seeking him and following him and him have your heart for the first time. He doesn't want your repetition coming to church. He wants your heart. Church attendance don't get you to heaven. Jesus does. And if you don't follow Jesus, nothing's going to change. The same thing. Maybe you're like the Philippian jailer. Maybe you're bitter. Maybe you're mad. Maybe you're on a power trip. Because of the position you have. I don't care what it is. Maybe you're that way. Maybe you got to surrender that to him. Because the way you act affects everyone around you. And if you're bitter and you're mad, you're not only just affecting those around you that you love the most, but the other people that come in contact with you. And today is the day to release that bitterness, to release that hatred. To say, God, I want, I want you. I want more of you in my life. I'm tired of being this, this person that's just consumed by not being happy. And I want to be happy. I want to give you my life. Or maybe like this slave girl. And it may not be drugs. It may not be alcohol. But something. 
is consuming you. Something got a hold of your life. Something has you in bondage. And you've been holding on it way too long. Today is the day that you need to get rid of it. Today is the day you need to surrender your life and give it to Christ. Why do you do that? Why should I surrender my life? Because Jesus died for you. Today is the day we celebrate that. His resurrection. Because he chose to die. Because he was resurrected. Because he suffered and was resurrected on the third day. Because of that, we can have eternal life. Those who trust, believe, and follow Jesus. That's why. And he did that for all of you in here. There's no excuse to leave the same way you came in. It doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter how much money you make. It doesn't matter who your family is. It doesn't matter what job you have. It doesn't matter what people think. All that matters is that you surrender and give your life to Christ. When those people come in contact with the gospel of Jesus Christ, they had one or two decisions to make. One, give my life to Christ, or two, reject Him. And that's what you're doing today. Either you're going to, either you're going to walk away, you're going to say, I don't want that, I'll do it next week, or you'll say, today is the day I surrender all. And none of us are granted tomorrow. I have decided to follow Jesus. How about you? Here at Connection, I want to give you the opportunity to, to, to respond to that, to give your life to Christ, to surrender, to quit fighting it right now. And at Connection, we don't believe in you just shamingly bowing your head and raising your hand and saying, I, no, we want to celebrate. We want to be thankful. We want to be grateful that you've decided to follow Jesus. If that's you today, you're like, you know what? I need to give some junk away. I need to get this stuff out of my life. I need to fill my heart with Christ. I need to surrender my life to Jesus. If that's you today, just raise your hand. Just raise your hand. We want to celebrate with you. We want to celebrate with you. Nobody needs saving. Everybody's good. Amen. 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 Anybody else? Anybody else? If God's tugging on your heart and he's saying today is the day of salvation, today I want, I want, to, I want you to change. I want to, he's pounding in your chest and you know you need to. I don't want to let this opportunity go by. If that's you today, we just want to celebrate. I'm going to give you one more chance to raise your hand and say, I, today I've decided to follow Jesus. Anybody else? Everybody's good. When we all leave here today, and if God was to come back, we'd all go to heaven. That's what you're saying. I'm not trying to manipulate anybody. I don't know where your heart is. Only you do. And if you're not raising your hand, I'm proud and thankful that everybody in here is saved. But the next thing that happened in these people's lives when they accepted Christ and they said, you know what, I want to follow Jesus. The next thing they did was they were baptized. 
See, baptism alone don't save you. You can't get baptized. If, you, if your heart's not right with God and you get baptized, guess what? You just got wet. That's it. Baptize, baptism has no saving faith. But baptism is, so, is showing the world, look, I am a follower of Jesus. Look, I have to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. We're telling the world, look at me. I am a proud follower of Jesus Christ, and I'm living my life for him. And those of you guys this week that's been contacted and, 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 this, and you've been signing that sheet, if you have decided to follow Jesus and you're, already baptized, and you're going to get baptized today, I want you to stand up and come stand up here with me. Come on. Right here. Y'all line up right here. Line up across the front. Line up across the front. Keep coming. Keep coming. All these people decided they were going to take that next step. And they're going to follow Jesus. I told y'all last week, Bummy wasn't here. I got, say, I, got, I got baptized when I was a kid. I said a sinner's prayer when I was a kid, but you know what that meant? Nothing. My life didn't change. Nothing changed in my life at all. I gave my life to Christ eight years ago, and I thought that I didn't need to get baptized. I didn't need that in my life. I'd already done that previously. But according to Scripture, once you're saved, truly saved, the next step is baptism. So maybe there's some of you out here today. We want to give you the opportunity to say, you know what, I need to get my baptism on the right side of the cross. I need to, I need to be baptized. Don't worry about clothes. We've got clothes. We've bought clothes for everybody. We, want, we just want to see you take your next step. So if you're here and you're like, you know what, I, I do need to be baptized. I want to join these men and women, and I want to, to show the world that I want to follow Jesus, that I'm serious about following Christ now. If that's you, I just want you to stand up where you are. Man, y'all tough today. Well, that's fine. That is fine. We're going to celebrate anyway. If, y'all, if you guys, if y'all head out, follow Dallas. Isn't that pretty, guys? As the band starts to play, we're going to give you an opportunity. If God's been moving in your heart, if there's some things you need to give to Jesus today, if there's some things that's been holding you down, if there's some things that you just didn't, you didn't want to raise your hand, if you want to come up, and, and this is, this is, that's what this altar is for. This is an altar. Come and lay your hands on this altar and pray. The best, best thing you can do is get your life straight and give, give whatever's burdened your heart to Christ. That's what Greg did. That's what Lydia did. That's what the Philippian jailer did. That's what the slave girl did. If something is bothering you, if, something's, if, if God's been speaking to your heart and you need to, you need to come and, and, and lay some things at the foot of the cross, then do that. When the music starts playing, y'all start coming to the front. The best thing, best thing we can do is do business with God. So if you will, stand with me.
Father, right now, I just thank you for all the people that's decided to follow you, Lord. God, I know in a crowd this big that there's some people that did not raise their hand. And God, I just pray that you would just overpower them with your presence. And that, God, they wouldn't leave here the same as they came. God, we're not doing this to have a service or just to have another church. We're doing this to reach people for you. And God, I just pray that your power would flow in this place and you would pour out your presence upon their hearts, God, so they can't leave here the same as they came in. God, help us, Lord. Those that are held in bondage, those that are being held down by things, those that are consumed by bitterness, I pray, God, that you would break those chains today. And God, that you would bring them to the knees at the foot of the cross. You didn't endure all the pain of the cross. You didn't endure all the things that happened for us to be comfortable in church service. You did those things so that we could have eternal life. God, break the chains. In your name, amen.